Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. with joy 
Hallelujah. Please tell your neighbor, work on. Tell your neighbor, we are going to work on for Jesus. Hallelujah. While you have the light Work on While you have the light Night comes When no man can work So come on and get Your tools and work While you have the light The night is gone The day While you have the grace, not long from now, night will be gone, days will be gone. Oh, 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 oh. work on while you have the light. Go to work on, work on while you have the light. Yeah, night comes when no man comes.
understand in this conference that on behalf of Bishop Edwin Ogo and the rest of us here in Makane, I want you to know that there's freedom in the auditorium to express yourself unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So things like clapping, shouting, amen. Even standing to your feet when the pastor is preaching is allowed. I don't know where you are coming from, but here, standing to your feet, unless the pastor says you should sit down. Even that one, when we sit down, after five minutes, we stand up again. Because when the word is entering you properly, you, you, you can't just be there. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I just wanted to let you know that one before we start the, 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 the real thing. So I want you to be free to express yourself unto the Lord. We are here as saints in the ministry, the army of the Lord, and he's sending generals to prepare us, to sharpen us. We must be excited, we must express ourselves, and we must drink in properly. You see, the message you are saying amen to, it enters you differently. It enters you differently. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to announce to you this morning that the time that we have been waiting for for many weeks has finally arrived. Some of you have seen video clips Some of you have watched online, but I'm happy to announce to you that today you have the privilege of experiencing the ministry of Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a medical doctor by training and by by profession. He's a specialist radiologist. He's been a pastor for over 30 years. He's worked closely with our father and our prophet Bishop Dag Heward Mills. He currently works as the assisting evangelist on the Healing Jesus Crusades. And he is also the chairman of one of our denominations known as the Makane Church International, which has churches in Ghana, in Greater Accra, in the Eastern region, and also has churches in Zimbabwe. And Bishop Edwin Ogo is a speaker who is well-traveled across the world, ministering in countries like Zambia, Zimbabwe, the United States, the UK, France, all over the world. So today you are about to receive a ministry that is international, a ministry that is well-traveled, a ministry that is sought after, a ministry that God has anointed. And like I told you in the beginning, this is a ministry that has been born out of the ministry of our father and our prophet, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. So today we have the privilege of sitting at the feet of the Lord and being taught by a son of the prophet, 
Bishop Dag Heward Mills. And I believe that that is a very powerful thing. So as you sit down and you listen, understand that you are receiving a rich ministry, a ministry that has traveled many years, a ministry that is seasoned across the continents of the world and a ministry that God is about to use to bless you. So ladies and gentlemen, this morning, without much ado, I want you to stand to your feet as a sign of honor. You can clap your hands if you want to. You can make some noise if you want to. You can even jump around if you want to. And join me. And let's welcome to this pulpit. once again for Jesus. I think that song should be our prayer this week. That you will not be a thorny ground. You will not be a stony ground. You know Jesus taught on this. A sower went out to sow. And this morning, this week, Seeds are going to be scattered all over. Many seeds, different types of seeds. Seeds that will change your life. And um, your prayer must be that you will not be a stony ground. You know, you will not be a thorny ground. But you will be a good ground. That any seed that falls on your heart just grows and bears fruit. Believe God that because of this conference. A year by this time, your ministry would have taken 
on a totally different appearance different appearance and when I say appearance I mean everything that makes something appear to be what it is the color the size the depth the height the weight the content may your ministry take on a new appearance hallelujah hallelujah and I have no doubt that God has great plans for your ministry if you are called by God then I want to assure you that your decision to be here today is one of the most important decisions you've ever taken as a pastor and I want you to appreciate the person who brought you here after this conference call the person and thank him or her for showing you the way to this conference because this week will be an amazingly powerful week for your life and those of you who are online I tell you that you are hooked onto something very very revolutionizing revolutionizing this is the online event you've been waiting for I don't know who shared that link with you but I am very happy that you are on and I want you to feel a part of this ordinarily I would not have even brought this conference online but we are online at great cost because of you so be a part of the service when we are clapping here you must clap there when we are shouting here you must shout there remember to share the links to anybody you know that God is using anybody who is a church worker a chorister an instrumentalist a pastor a shepherd share the links share the link to them and tell them that something amazing is happening on this page and I have no doubt that the will of Satan for your ministry will be defeated permanently this week I like your amen I I like the amen I like the amen I heard you can clap your hands again you will never be the same again never be the same again keep clapping your hands so I want to appreciate all of you who are online I also want to appreciate all of you who are here clap your hands for yourselves I'm glad you are here I'm glad you are here your presence here has dealt already dealt a blow to Satan I said your presence here has already dealt a blow to Satan I tell you that your church your ministry 
your congregation, your anointing, your calling will never be the same again. Keep clapping your hands. Makota Satalabaya. Jesus. Jesus. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you came. And uh, today is the first day, and as you know, the beginning of everything, you know, is a bit um, rough. So there were a few things to sort out, registration and all that. That is why we are starting at this time. But tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, it's 7 a.m. Leave your house. I'm telling you, 7 a.m. We are on. Directly on. And if I get angry, it will be 6 a.m. Yes. If you are committed to the conference, then, then give your all to it. You know, first Timothy 4, 15. If they can find it, on the, I think it's on the screen. See, it says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. So, the extent to which you give yourself to something determines the profit you are going to get from it. So, don't be half-hearted. Don't be lukewarm in your commitment. Give your all to it. I said, give your all to it. If I say we are starting at 5 a.m. tomorrow, just leave your house at 4 o'clock or sleep here tonight and uh, find some water to wash your face in the morning and then we are here tell your neighbor give yourself wholly to this conference hallelujah and uh, I also want to say and remind you as Bishop Kobe has already said that this conference is being held under the direct auspices of my father and my pastor Bishop Doug Heward Mills I like your hand clap. He's here with us in spirit. And uh, this is an extension of his ministry. He is actually here with us in spirit. Hallelujah. And uh, I want you to know that his presence here in spirit will make all the difference to your life. Amen. Amen. He brought us here. He gave us this beautiful auditorium. He actually came and stood here and measured this place in the forest for us to build. He himself was here. And uh, he, he sent me here to be the pastor of this church. And he asked me to hold this conference. Gave me the name of the conference. He said, call it the Art of Shepherding Conference. Wow. And gave me books to teach from. Books to teach from. You want to clap your hands? 
and bless Jesus. Keep clapping your hands. Keep clapping your hands. Keep clapping your hands. So we bless God for the life of Bishop Dagwood Mills. And uh, I have no doubt that a major blessing is going to come upon us as we stay in his presence. Let's bow our heads. Father, we welcome your presence. Our ministries are waiting on you. Your son Jesus pronounced a blessing on those who hunger and thirst after what is right. This morning, we are hungry to know what is right. We are thirsting after the righteousness that is in the ministry. You called us, you equipped us, you blessed us. And this conference is one of those great blessings. And this morning we say, Lord, let your will be done. Speak to us, equip us, and bring us to a place of a great blessing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, keep clapping your hands and you may please be seated. Amen. Well, this morning, in this first session that opens this conference, I want to lay out clearly the theme for this conference. And uh, one of the major literary works of Bishop Dagwood Mills is actually the book after which this conference was named. And that book is The Art of Shepherding. This book. Yes. You can clap your hands. And um, it's going to be a very major resource for this conference. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to explain things to you. And it is from a chapter of this book that I have picked the theme for Art of Shepherding Conference 2022. Now, in chapter 17 of this book, Shepherding, Bishop teaches about, teaches on the three goals of a shepherd. The three goals. That is, if you are a shepherd, if you are a pastor, you must have three goals. And I have selected one of these three goals as the theme for this year's conference. Now, when we say shepherd, I need you to know that a shepherd is anyone 
who cares for God's sheep. It is a term, it is a word that is biblical. And anyone who is given the responsibility to care for God's people is a shepherd. So, a pastor of a church. How many of us are pastors? Head pastor of a church. Yes. A pastor of a church. A pastor of a church. Like I'm the pastor of this church. I am a shepherd. You will discover that in the church there are so many different titles we give to this work. Shepherd. So many different titles. One of the titles is pastor. If you are the leader of a choir, you are also a shepherd. Once God's people are under your care, you are a shepherd. You are a shepherd. If you are the leader of the ashes, you are a shepherd. If you are a Sunday school teacher of the children, you are a shepherd. You cannot call somebody who takes care of instruments a shepherd. <laughs> yes. Because the instruments are not sheep. But once you are given the charge of the instruments and the instrumentalists, you become a shepherd. Once human beings join, you are a shepherd. If we appoint you the leader of the of the of the traffic wardens those who helped to park cars because every pastor of this church a day is going to come there will be nothing less than 500 cars parked in fact your problem will be the people of your area your neighbors will rise up and fight you some of you pastors don't know that type of problem where your neighbors are fighting you because only two cars come to church on Sunday but I am prophesying that a day is going to come you see the anointing God is going to shower you with the oil God is going to shower you with is going to bring cars say cars beautiful Clap your hands. Cast. This conference will change your life. And if you are the leader, you can sit down. If you are the leader of those who are directing traffic, once the people are human beings and not robots, you are what? A shepherd. A shepherd. You are in the church kitchen. The church. 
has a kitchen and you cook food and there are church members helping you to cook the food some are cutting onions some are going to buy charcoal some are going to buy yam some are frying the plantain once the people with you are human beings you are what? a shepherd clap your hands for shepherds so that word shepherd is a very 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 important title for anyone who is caring for God's sheep. So, you see, I said these things to, to say that you don't need to be a pastor of a church to be a shepherd. Or you don't need to be the, 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 the leader of a home cell to be a shepherd. Once God's people have been given to you to care for, you are a shepherd. Now, Anyone who is a shepherd must have three goals, three visions. You must aspire to be three things. And I have selected only one of the three. Next year, God willing, if we are alive, and we are having this conference again, I may choose the other one. Or I may even repeat the same one I've chosen this year. Yes. But anybody who is a shepherd, like me, like you, like the brother who is caring for the instrumentalists, you must have three goals. And you find those three goals in chapter 17 of this book. Now, the first goal, so I'm going to talk about just all the three goals in a few minutes and then select the first one. Select the one that is the theme and then we are going to run with it this week. Is it a blessing? Is it a blessing? So, the first one, which is very powerful, is that every shepherd, I hope by now you know who a shepherd is. All right. Every shepherd must desire to become a good shepherd. Good shepherd. Good shepherd. You must be good. You must be it must be your vision to be a good shepherd. Because that is what Jesus said. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And you are a good shepherd when your shepherding style is like that of Jesus. When the way you shepherd the people is like the way Jesus took care of the people God gave him. If your shepherding skills 
are like that of Jesus, then you are good. Then you are good. Which means that some people are bad shepherds. Bad shepherds. It's very likely that some of us here are bad shepherds. But by Friday, you would have experienced your conversion from a bad shepherd to a good shepherd. My sister, believe me, you have to be good. You have to be good. It must really concern you that you are not a good shepherd. You must open the Bible. Our standard is Jesus. He's our standard. So open the Bible and see how Jesus cared for people. And make sure that your shepherding skills are approximating those of Jesus. Maybe nobody has told you. Maybe you are online and you have never thought about it that you don't care whether you are good or you are not good. But remember that your final judgment will be determined by two words. Good and faithful. Well done. Thou good and faithful. These two words, <laughs> uh, I don't have a problem if you are not rich. I don't have a problem if you are not educated. I don't have a problem if you are too educated. I don't have a problem if you are a male. I don't have a problem if you are a female. But it must concern you. These two words, I tell you that if you are assessed and you are found not to be good, your end will not be a good end. And that end is a permanent end. It's not for 40 years or 400 years. So you must, you, you must ensure if you are a pastor that you are good. It concerns me whether I am good or I am not good. Don't just be there. Because the judgment on pastors who are not good is a very, very severe judgment. There are many vocations you can choose not to be good at it. And just get by. About 80% of masons and artisans in certain parts of the world are not good. But they get jobs. They are building everywhere. They can build a wall. And the wall can be so crooked as if it has been designed. Like it's part of the architectural design for the wall to cheer. And when you say this, oh, Fanisa, Fanisa, Fanisa. Everywhere there, Fanisa. We put it here. 
Mister, I and they get jobs every day. They are, they are working at sites everywhere. <laughs> a lot of drivers on the street of certain countries, about 90% of them are not good in certain countries whose names begin with an alphabet. <laughs> They cannot even read road signs. Some don't even have a license. Those who have, I don't even know how they got the license. They drive on the road, they are drunk. And they are driving. (laughs) They can cross you anywhere, any day, any day. They can enter the road at any time. Very bad. But they have got short trucks they are driving. <laughs> They've got buses they are driving. They've got taxis they are driving. They've got cars they are driving. So a lot of professions, it doesn't really matter whether you are good or bad. You can get by. You can get by. They are bad lawyers. Very bad lawyers who don't know their work, but they have jobs. At least they are on radios speaking as professionals. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, if you are a servant of God, you cannot afford to be anything else apart from being good at what God has called you to be. And how do we become good? You become good by making sure that the standard, which is Jesus, is how you are ministering, how you are shepherding. So a good shepherd, Christ said, I am the good shepherd. And even in this verse, he gives one of the many, many signs of a good shepherd. Giving your life. We'll come to all these things one day. You are a good shepherd when your pastoring style is like Christ's and your fruits are the same as his. That's the number two. Number one is that when your shepherding style is like Christ. Then the second one is when your pastoring style is like Christ and your fruits. Jesus began his ministry with some one, two, three, four people following him. Before we knew it, there were twelve. He did ministry for just three and a half years. Three and a half. Unlike you who did ministry or you done ministry for 15 years already. Yes. Many of us have done ministry for more than five years. Jesus never did ministry for five years. Never. It was three years and a half. You have done ministry for five years. Ten years. Ladies and gentlemen, in the three and a half years of Jesus Christ's ministry, we, we, we read words like multitudes followed him. 
That's Jesus. So we are talking about the fruits. You are good when your fruits are like Christ. I mean, there was a time he was having a meeting and the people were hungry. They couldn't count everybody. They only could count the men. You are not listening to me. Oh, I'm preaching to myself. I said, the people were so many that they couldn't count. It wasn't a healing service. They were just looking for people to feed. They counted only the men and they got 5,000 men. Only men. They didn't count the women and the children. And in any gathering, the women are more. So if the men were 5,000, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can do your arithmetic and find out how many women were there and for that matter, how many children and how many there were in all. I see your membership moving into thousands. Say Jesus. His standards are, must be our standards. Oh, I forgot to tell you, this is 2,000 years ago. You can imagine the population of the world at that time. He was still counting thousands. You will do better. Amen. I said, you will do better. Amen. He said, and greater works than these shall he do. Can you lift your right hand and say, I am a pastor of thousands. Say, I refuse hundreds. I reject tens. Say, I reject tens. I reject hundreds. Say, I am a pastor of thousands. I am a pastor of thousands. Clap your hands for Jesus. That is the results, the fruits. Oh, we have just received Bishop Ni Adebu. My co-host. My co-host. Clap your hands for him. You are going to hear him very soon. Keep clapping your hands. Please be seated. Say fruits. We are not doing ministry to match the ministry of Bishop Beckham. Bishop Ahin is not our target. Jesus, if you are good, you are good with respect to only Jesus. (laughs) Only Jesus. Not reverend or say. Not Archbishop Matthew. And Jesus, I said, he didn't do ministry for even five years. Even five. Never on earth. And within the three and a half years, at least we read once that when he was feeding his members, there were more than 5,000. The men. You will do better. 
whatever you need to be a pastor of thousands shall be delivered to you in this conference and you will not only be a hearer and a writer but you also be a doer somebody's being blessed somebody's being blessed a year by this time you'll be sharing testimonies of amazing things God has done in your ministry yeah Number two, every shepherd, so the first goal is to be a good shepherd. Ask your neighbor, are you trying to be a good shepherd? Ask your neighbor, is it on your mind to be a good shepherd? Is it on the person's mind? Well, if it was not, it must be now. Yes. Because the slaps you are going to get if you are not a good pastor, <laughs> you can't handle the slaps. The next one is every shepherd, that's the next goal. The first goal is that you must be good. The next goal is that every shepherd must desire to become a great shepherd. Great shepherd. Say great shepherd. Say great shepherd. Oh, I can't hear you. Say great shepherd. Say I must be a great shepherd. Now Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20. Hebrews 13 and verse number 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant through the blood of the everlasting covenant so look at this look at it even to be a good shepherd you must also aspire to be Great because Jesus was referred to as the great shepherd. Now, who is a great shepherd? You are a great shepherd when you have gained much knowledge and skill of a shepherd. Yes. Say knowledge and skill. I can't hear you. Say knowledge and skill. Yes. That is a great shepherd. A great shepherd is a person who has knowledge and skill. There is what we call Shepherding skills, pastoring skills. There's a skill to handling people. If people come to your church, first timers come to your church, new converts come to a church, somebody has been in your church, your member for 10 years, five years, 
There's a way to handle the 10 year old member. There's a way to handle the 7 year old member. It will be different from the way you handle the new convert who came yesterday. It's a skill. 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 And many pastors don't have skills. Many pastors don't have skills. And that is what makes the difference between any two professionals, any two surgeons, any two drivers, any two plumbers, any two seamstresses, any two tailors, any two shoemakers. Knowledge and skill. Say knowledge and skill. My dear friend, I want to tell you that the shepherding work is a professional work. Shepherding is a professional work. Somebody has given his life for it. He died, shed blood. It's not a joke. The call of God is a professional call. Sit up. I said, sit up. Stop joking. And stop being a disgrace to the profession. When people see you, they don't want to become pastors. Yes. Some of, the, some of you pastors, your church members don't want to become pastors because when they see you, you, you are so confused. I'm so happy God brought you to Art of Shepherding Conference. I am opening this conference by announcing, maybe nobody has told you, you've not read it, you don't know about it. I'm telling you that shepherding work is a professional work. Shepherding work is not for idiots. Shepherding work is not for idiots. It's a profession with skills. Like a doctor, a nurse, a nurse with skills, an architect with skills, an engineer with skills. Pastors must have skills. Choir leaders must have skills. I'm happy. Look, after this conference, you will look for money. Put the money in an envelope and send the money to the person who invited you to this conference. You will never be the same again. Anybody who thinks that shepherding work, pastoring work, is some side issue. 
Now, now, by the way, let me inform you. The call of God. The call. Like when God makes you a choir leader. Is there any choir leader here? You are a choir leader. Fine. There's a choir leader there. That's, oh, beautiful. Mommy, the work you are doing as a choir leader in your church is a call. Or you call it a calling or a call. That is why God did not select Mabel, but selected you to be the leader of the choir. Say the call of God. I can't hear you. You are a lot here. Say the call of God. Now, I want to tell you something about the call of God. How many of you want to know the call of God? There is nothing like a lay call or a full-time call. Every call is a call. Some people will do and follow the call as bankers. For 14 years of my life, I was a pastor of a big church and also a medical doctor. You will say that I was a lay pastor. It's a lay pastor. But the call on me wasn't a lay call. It's a call. There's nothing like a lay call. The call of God is a call of God. You give yourself holy. There are circumstances that will let you do the work of God without being paid. You work as a nurse. You are a pastor of a branch. You work as a driver. You are a pastor of a branch. One of my branches, some time ago, one of the pastors was a truck truck driver. That's a reason why the kingdom of God will allow you to be an architect and be a pastor. That is a lay pastor. But it doesn't mean that the call is a lay call. There's nothing like a lay call. Some have to stop their work to be able to work well. The church pays them. There are not many of them. There shouldn't be a lot of them. So sit up. If you are a student, you are a nurse, better decide today to have knowledge. Knowledge. You must know how to be a pastor. And the acquisition of knowledge makes you a great pastor. A great pastor is not somebody with a big car. A great pastor is not somebody who has curled and shampooed his hair. A great pastor is not somebody who wears green suits. A great pastor is somebody who has knowledge. 
and skills. Skills. How to care for girls. How to care for boys. I said, how you relate with females. Females with enlarged breasts. It's different from how you relate with males with flat breasts. Skills. a skill in relating with a poor member and a rich member. Say skill. When your church, your attendance is going down, there is a skill. You must know what to do to bring up your attendance. You can't stand there helpless and hopeless. Everybody is now developing skills. Everybody in the world. When I was a child, as a child in the 70s, 60s, 60s, children who were asked what they would do in the future would say, I want to be a doctor. I was a doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, doctor. I mean, maybe once a while, yeah, nurse. Then if it's in school, if you're in school and they, they are afraid of the teacher, they say, oh, I want to be a teacher so they can get marks. <laughs> we know that. But now, it's not like that. When you ask your child what he wants, he says he wants to be a footballer. Because they see footballers with skills. He has seen footballers playing with skills. Everybody, even policemen have skills. I mean, the way some of them collect the bribe, you won't even know, but he has taken it. You won't know, but he has collected something. In a country, which name begins with an alphabet? I mean, he's talking to you before. How the money leaves your pocket into his back pocket, you won't know, but somehow, as he's greeting us, by the time he's done, say skill. Everybody, prostitutes are getting skills. The type of panties they must wear. The type of moves they must make. Everybody is getting skills. Only you, Bushman. Bushman. That great shepherd. We have great prostitutes. Armed robbers are getting skills. Armed robbers have skills. Everybody is developing skills except the pastor. Can you sit down? This conference will deliver skills into your hands. Will deliver what? Skills. That's why I, you see, you thought I was just talking anyhow. I'm not addressing, this conference is not for pastor, pastor, pastor. Anybody with human beings under you, you are, you are a shepherd. Yes, it's the highest. It's from shepherd that we get apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, whatever administrator. The, 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 the highest ministry is a shepherd. Highest. Highest. You're not a good shepherd. You can't be a good evangelist. You're not a good shepherd. You can't be a good apostle. 
There is shepherding to do. Even, even, even if your evangelism is that you just go somewhere and preach and pack your things and leave. Even the people who are with you are sheep you must shepherd. And we need knowledge. Knowledge. Pastors don't read. And I will explain to you whether this evening or tomorrow why we don't care about knowledge. There's a reason. There's a reason. Nothing just happens. Many of us here don't have quite time. You've not read your Bible this morning. I mean, knowledge is not part of what you want. And skill. You see, knowledge is different from skill. You can have knowledge and not have skill. Skill is a very, very special virtue of, of any profession. Any professional. Nurse. Taxi driver. Skill. And one major way of developing the skills of your profession is in admiring and following people who are ahead of you. It's called the of following it delivers skills you are a great shepherd when you have a large number of sheep under your care large number of sheep no wonder can you see it again Please, the one who has colored that great serpent should please also color Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, yellow, that great serpent, the five words. Because that man, that man called Lord Jesus, his members were in their thousands. That great serpent. So you are a great serpent. When number one, you have knowledge and skill. Abba. But I don't want to go t- talk too much about it. I'm just introducing it. This evening or tomorrow, we are now going to go into knowledge. If you like, knowledges. Knowledges. <laughs> Jesus was a great shepherd because he had knowledge, he had skill. Yes, skill. Oh, he was killed. He was killed. Make the man sit down. Arrange them in fifty. Say scale. Say scale. He was so skilled that when he was preaching and he had a preaching topic, in the middle, his preaching would change because he perceived in their hearts. What was in their heart? He could tell what was in the hearts of the people and he would address it. Say skill. You are preaching, you are just talking like a lecturer or a teacher in, the, in, 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 in Psalm 5. Do you know Psalm 5? Psalm 7. Just because you have prepared your notes, you must read the notes. You don't care who is sleeping in front of you, the wickedness of the faces. Jesus. He, he, he perceived what was in their hearts. 
Yeah, that's what makes preaching powerful. That as you are speaking, you also pick signals and vibes from the wicked people, from the lazy people, from the demon possessed people, and you address it. Say skill. You just get a, take a Bible, just talk. Ministry is not grammar. He was faced with people who didn't have food to eat. There was a problem of feeding them. John chapter 6 verse 6 says, He himself knew what he would do. Do you know what to do? Is that? For he himself, he had knowledge. He knew what to do. When your choir is not singing well, you don't know what to do. When your church attendance is going down, you don't know what to do. Some of them, what you must do is to sack the leader. Sack the leader. This conference will change your life. Your church, eh? <laughs> By the time you are back to your church on Sunday morning, you'll be a different pastor from the pastor who was preaching two days ago to them. He knew what to do. He had knowledge what to do. They went and caught a woman in the very act. Adultery. They came with stones. He knew how to handle the woman. He knew. He had scale. As soon as he saw them, he knew that the people with the stones were even more wicked than the woman who was caught in the act. So his first comment was that we are going to beat this woman. He said, We are going to kill her. And I want to select some of you to throw the stones. The first person to throw the stone from the elders, the older ones to the junior ones. Anybody who doesn't have faults and has not sinned before the, from older to younger one, throw your stone first. That's how we are going to kill this adulteress. And he began to, even, even to write down, to bow his head, to write in the sand was a scale. By the time he lifted up his head, the people had vanished. Say scale. Scale. You know what you do? He met a woman at the well. One of the most difficult converts you can ever have. Everything you say, she has an answer. Give me water. Then she will say that. You say this well is for this. So do you know who built this well? Everything Jesus said. The woman had a response. But by the end of the day, that difficult woman had become an evangelist in the town. Break say scale. This week, your ministry, your anointings, your callings, your graces will never be the same. If that woman was given to any of us to win, by the time you know, she would have even won you. Yes, you would join the five men. Because the woman was very sexy. Very sexy woman. A lot of you pastors here, if you were giving that woman, I tell you, you will add her to your wife. Or you will make her your secretary by force. I shouldn't say it. But Jesus knew how to handle her. A woman who has had five men. 
and the one she was now with was not her husband. Says the woman herself has skills. That's why I told you everybody has skills except you, the pastor. So, can you imagine you've been given such a sexy woman? Yes, to convert. So when we say five men, it doesn't mean that she has slept with only five men. These are five official that the men she has lived with. And how many women, even in their lifetime, will live with three men? Official husband before you die. Right? But at that age, a woman with a pot going to fetch water, she must be young. At that age, she had five already. The sixth one was, was the one in the room. With a towel around his waist, waiting for her to bring the water. When you meet such a skilled, sexy woman, what will you do? Before you know, your ministry is collapsed. Yes. Because there's a way to be with such a sexy woman. You would have taken her to your office for counseling. But Jesus sat openly at the well. Even where he sat to have the meeting was part of the scale. Yes. So where he sat. Where he sat with the woman. You would have said, come meet me in my office. Somebody's ministry is changing. Somebody's life is changing. Somebody's life is changing. A great shepherd has knowledge, skill, and these two, obviously, will lead to large numbers. This ministry of counting your members in hundreds must end. It's not like Christ. It's not like Christ. Large multitudes. They followed him. Mark six. He went to a town. The whole town was following him. Everybody in the town came. I'm saying that Jesus's ministry, it was not like your ministry with eighty-seven members. That is in the book. Sunday morning, 28. And you have spaced the chairs. Ah, now one row has three chairs. How much COVID is still in your church? Somebody's ministry is changing. Yeah. Say large numbers. Is there? Is there? Large numbers of sheep under your care. Number C. You are a great shepherd. One you have pastored successfully for many years. Many years. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. You may say that Jesus pastored for only three and a half years. Not true. He pastored until he died. That's how you must say it. He became a pastor at a certain age. But the time he died... He was still a pastor. In fact, on the cross, he was pastoring his mother and pastoring John. Masata Sapa. You didn't hear what I said. I said, you may look at it 
in a way that like he pastored for three and a half years. I said, no. He was a pastor until he died. Some of you, by the time you are dying, you'd have backslidden. Some of us may not die as pastors. Some of us may not die even as Christians. By the time you are dying, you are a drunkard. Yes. Some of us, by the time you are dying, you are not a pastor anymore. To be a pastor till you die is a great thing. It's my vision. It's my aim. That when I'm dead, when I'm dying, when I'm dead, pastors must carry my coffin. Because I have officiated the funerals of my church members and the people who brought the coffin were drunkards. So it's not automatic. As you sit here, you may easily not die as a pastor. The way things are going, small COVID, I don't even know how you came here because you have already made up your mind that you are stopping the ministry. Small COVID. I believe God. Believe God, my sister, that you will die as a pastor. On your coffin, they will put a collar and a cross and a Bible. Not a beer bottle. Believe God. Isn't this more thing? To start as a pastor and when you are dying, you are a pastor. And pastors carry your coffee. I know personally pastors on TV. By the time they were dying, in fact, they died from cocaine. Died. Some died alcoholics. Pastor. Lift your hand and say, I will die a pastor. Say for the rest of my life. Say for the rest of my life. Say no prosperity. No poverty. No pain. No pleasure. Nothing. No height. No depth. No nakedness. No warmth. Nothing shall separate me from this ministry. In Jesus name. A great pastor. A great pastor. He has knowledge. He has skill. He has large numbers. Oh, get ready. Get ready. You know, I'll come there. I'll come there. But let me tell you even something by the side. The reason why you don't have a thousand members now. Do you know why? Do you want to know why? You don't have thousand members. It's not because you are inferior. It's not because you are a bad pastor. You just don't know how to keep one thousand members. You don't have the skills. The day you develop the knowledge and the skills, you yourself, your ministry will generate one thousand members. You see, sir, sir, have you noticed that? The people who don't know how to generate something never know how to take care of it. Yeah. That's why you don't have members. 
that large number. Your Sunday largest attendance is 100 members, 87. But, but there's a type of shepherd who has a large number. Not, you see, if you don't know how to take care of sheep and you even inherit them, you will lose them. Yes. A pastor can give you his church that pastor it. After one month, you, you see, because it, it, it's a skill. And always, you, you will see that the country, why they make money, they keep money. They are rich. I'll take it again. Uh, see, the point I am making is that you need to have knowledge and know how to generate members so that you will know how to have members. Because once you can generate the members, God will give you the grace to also keep the members. Any country where they don't make money, they misuse money. Yes. I've been in a few countries in recent times. One of the countries I was in was Korea. Just two, 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 three weeks ago. They make Kia, Hyundai, Daewoo. They, they, make, they make the money. So the country has a lot of money. I'll take it again. Last week, a week today, I was in France. I just came from France. They make cars. Four days ago, I, I was at the Airbus where they make the planes, the city, Toulouse. I went to the factory where they make aeroplanes. And you can imagine the cost of one aeroplane. So, so nobody is surprised that France has a lot of money. And they keep the money. I can't go on to bore you with that. Now let's go to countries where they don't make money. All they do is to take loans. You see that no amount of money keeps the, stays in the country. They make nothing. They don't make cars. They don't make machines. They don't make anything. They don't make anything. Yeah. One country, the president gave an address. I didn't listen because I was in that country. And somebody made a list of the things the president said he was going to tackle to you know, help the country to come out of the situation. The way. And one, I was surprised. I, I don't know whether it is true, but one of the things on the list was toothpicks. It's like it's something that is now going to, going to be something great for the country to now manufacture so that they don't import. To, do you know toothpicks, by the way? So, so you are not surprised at any country which doesn't have money. That no matter the billions of dollars they get from loans. Because having is not enough. You must know how to make it. This week, you will learn how to manufacture church members. 
how to manufacture converts how to manufacture first timers yes if you know how to make the converts how to make first timers i'm telling you that you will know how to keep the first you will never be poor A great shepherd has knowledge. Tell your neighbor, I'm in a good place. Online, those on type, just type. I am in a good place. I'm in a good meeting. See, this is the conference I've been waiting for. This is the conference I've been waiting for. Masuta katabayada. Maratu kutubayada. A great shepherd has skills, has knowledge has large numbers and keeps himself in the ministry for a very long time. He meets sexy girls, he's still a pastor. He meets money, he's still a pastor. His church finishes, he's still a pastor. He has problems, he's still a pastor. To the end, say with me, to the end. To the end. Shepherd, say to the end. Those online, type in the comment bar to the end, to the end, to the end. That's the first goal. That's the second goal. The first goal of a shepherd is that you must be good. A good shepherd. Good shepherd. Malata Kraka. This week, you will learn how to manufacture leaders the way Jesus manufactured leaders. Like the countries that make us. That manufacture, not assemble cars. Manufacturing a car is different from assembling a car. They know how to get iron from soil. The soil dust they take it through something before you know iron is on the right they are good this week you will learn how ordinary members can become pastors in your church that's must be your goal little hand say I'll be good or can you say I'll be good say I'll be a good shepherd Number two, I'll be great. Say, I'll be a great shepherd. I can't hear you. I'm surprised I'm close to you. Say, I'll be a great shepherd. Say, this is my work. Say, where I'm working in town doesn't matter at all. Doesn't count. Say, God put me there to get money for my rent and to get money for my children's school fees. But I am a pastor. I am a pastor. I am a shepherd. In the name of Jesus. And I am going to be great. In this work. Can you clap your hands? Or you don't clap in this company. And then finally number three. Before we go on. Every shepherd. Must desire. To become a chief shepherd.
A what? A I can't hear you well. First Peter 5 verse 4. Who is a chief shepherd? And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. A chief shepherd is like a chief driver. Anybody who is a chief in something has got other people like him under him. A chief driver oversees drivers. The chief plumber in any, at any construction site oversees plumbers. Ah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. A chief builder has people under him. A chief shepherd, you become a chief shepherd when you have other under shepherds under you. Being a chief shepherd is the same as being an overseer of other pastors. (laughs) Somebody is being blessed. Your vision you are going to carry from here is to be a chief shepherd. Look, listen to me. A pastor, a real pastor, your ministry does not end with raising church members. Can I say it again? I can say it again. Once I have your permission. If you are a pastor and people are following you, you cannot, you can't call yourself successful until pastors like you have been manufactured. And the more pastors you manufacture, the chiefer you are. A pastor does not end with just members. Abba. Ah, but how can you end up with only members? So when you die, who will take care of the members? Or you think you are a stone? Who doesn't die? <laughs> Your ministry cannot end until pastors have come out of you. Anybody sitting here 
who has arranged himself to only be an overseer of nice, righteous Christians. You've lost your way. You are a cheap shepherd. A cheap. You are not supposed to be a cheap shepherd. You must be a chief with an F, not a P. Ask your neighbor, are you cheap or chief? I am not against shepherding your church members to be good Christians, to love Jesus, to care for the things of God. But I'm giving you, look, look at my finger. Everybody, can you see the finger? Yes. Yeah, I'm pointing the finger at you. Yes. You. Wake up. Change your vision. Change your vision. God did not call you to just have church members. Because the ministry, the kingdom of God is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Once again, that's the ministry style of Jesus. He said, follow me. And I will make you what? Established Christians. (laughs) Follow me. And I will make you righteous children of God. Ah, What did he say? Follow me. And I will make you stable members. Follow me. And I'll make your marriages wonderful. What did he say? Is there? 419. (laughs) Any pastor who wants to do 419 on Satan. I say want to do 419 on the devil. This is it. It's called 419. He said, follow me and I, I will make you fishes of men. The way, the same way I am fishing you out. I'm asking you, follow me and I will make you also a fisher of other men. You are not successful until your members are also fishing other members as shepherds and leaders. We have not been called to preach to stable, established, righteous members who do nothing else. Your ministry must be directed at raising pastors. Otherwise, when you die, you will leave no legacy. I'm feeling something now. I'm feeling something now. I'm giving you a vision. Go to your church and ask yourself, how many of these members am I working on? If this is my church, if this is my church, these are my members. 
and I'm preaching to them on Sunday, there should be nothing less than 20 of these guys I am currently working on now to move them from ordinary members to pastors. Your congregation must have people you are transforming into pastors. Your congregation must have people you are transforming to be pastors. If you are a choir leader, your, your members, your, your, your choir must also include people you are training to become choir leaders like you. Don't just pastor. I know 500 came to church last Sunday. How many of them have been made pastors? I mean, as for you, it's like the future is not on your mind. A typical African. A typical, a typical African doesn't plan for the future. The farthest is one year or two years. Typical African doesn't, doesn't plan for 10 years. But in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, there is no African or European. There's no Greek and there's no Jew. Wake up! And stop this African style pastoring. Where everything is now. When the money comes, we must steal it now. We must eat it now. We must finish it now. We are always begging for money. No plan. There is no plan for next 10 years. Even in this country, you will never go to any office and see a blueprint for the next 10 years. Anybody comes, recently I was somewhere, I think I I was in London or so, and I saw in the news that SHS is going to be made 6 years. Yes. One minister just stood up and farted it out. Six years. The other one comes four years. The other one comes three years. And our children are the ones suffering. Because the black man cannot plan. And as they are as politicians, the same way we are also as pastors. If you plan a little into five years, you will raise leaders. It will occur to you that your prostate gland is enlarging. But for you, your worldview, your cosmology is just today and now. I'm the pastor now. I'm the man of God now. Let me preach them. Let me fatten them with messages so they can give me offerings and buy me cars. And you, you don't want to take your members through the hard road to, 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 to build a future. Even let's put church aside. Let's put church aside. Your personal work you are doing, who is being trained to take over from you? Or you think you can't die tomorrow? When the ministry was in the hands of Jesus, by the time he was dying, and remember, he died three years. 
How many years? Three years he died. It should shock you that when he died and they were looking for someone to replace the one who sold him, at least we know that 120 people gathered in the room. At least 120. Three years of being a pastor, 120 people were in the room. And you're not even clapping your hands because it doesn't impress you. Just three years. Because he knew that he was in a wicked world and they could kill him at any time. I'm saying that by the time Jesus died, and you know somebody betrayed him and somebody sold him. By the time they were getting a replacement, which means that this was not four years later. How many years have you been a pastor? And how many disciples can you say you've raised? What concerns you is how shiny your shoes are, how red your suit is, how, how, to, how to curl your hair, how to grow fingernails. Are you, are you a witch? It's like our lives. And listen to me, that is how Africans are. Do you remember those of us who are a little older? Some years ago, either 2009 or so, some, quite some years, more than 10, 12 years, America, there was a shutdown. It's almost like a strike. I can't find the word to describe it. It's like they shut down. They were not going to work. America. Because they couldn't agree on the budget for the country. So for some time, they, they were in Congress fighting, whatever, whatever, and they shut down. They said, there's no money to spend because they must, they must budget. They must agree. They are spending 3.5 billion on tomatoes and 1 billion on fuel to import this. So, and they couldn't agree. The, the whole country was, there was no money to spend. Then I asked, ah, really? America, pa. Why are they doing this? And he said, no. <laughs> it's not for this year or next year. They are planning for 10 years ahead. Wow. This year, the money has been spent. The money for, the, for this year is there. Stop it. Stop it. Every leader from this conference, you are living here as a chief shepherd. Amen. The, the 1,000 members you want to have, you will never have 1,000 members till you have raised many pastors to work with you. Because you alone can't do much. One man can never. There's nowhere in this world one man alone has raised 1,000 members. There's nowhere. Not in Korea, not in China, not Jesus. Even Jesus couldn't do that. The 5,000 members Jesus raised, he raised them with disciples. 
at least 400 disciples. Because that's the number that he appeared to. At least 120 members. Because that's the number that came to vote. For as long as your world view of ministry is you and your wife and your two sons with big heads, nobody else, you will never have anything great. Forget it. Forget about it. But this conference, you are going to be a chief shepherd. I said a chief shepherd. This Sunday, go and as you are preaching, be looking at potential members you are going to manufacture into shepherds. Look at the girls carefully. Look at the choristers. Look at the boys. Look at the converts. Think future. Life is bigger than today. That's why Jesus Christ is not the same only yesterday and today. He's also the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even Jesus, there is a forever on his mind. And ladies and gentlemen, it is at this point that I want to announce the theme for this conference. And the theme for this conference, art of the theme for this art of shepherding 2022 is the great shepherd. Yes, the great shepherd. Clap your hands. I prophesy over your life that you will be a great shepherd. I said, I prophesy over your life that you will be a great shepherd. When they are numbering great shepherds, you are going to be one of them. I declare that your ministry will not no longer be an insignificant ministry, an unrecognized ministry. I declare in the name of Jesus that your ministry is going to be a great ministry. All I'm saying is that no more will you be a little unrecognized ministry at the corner of your town, in the corner of a road, in the corner of your community. But something, I don't know who I'm talking to, but your ministry is going to rise and ride on the waves and the crest of major anointings till you are also accounted as a great shepherd. No, no, no. There's no Bible verse that permits you to start small and continue to be small. 
There's no, it's not even in God's economy. It's not even in God's economy. You start small. You start like a clot of blood in a womb. You end as a big baby that comes out of that womb. The same womb where you were a clot of blood. The same womb. But the time you are coming out of that womb, you are a mass of bones and flesh and hair and skin and blood vessels. And then when you come out, let's say that's your beginning. You come out as a little baby. But by the time you are leaving this world, you are a great big man with long bones. There is no scripture. Because you can't find it in God. Many of us here, your ministry is not in the Bible. Your ministry cannot be found in the Bible. A ministry that starts with three members, ten members, and after seven years, you are 52. It's not in the Bible. And I want those of you who are lay pastors, lay shepherds, lay workers who work in the bank, listen to me very carefully. The ministry eventually will determine how your life outside the church is also going to be. So plan quickly to do big things for God in the church so that your, your life outside the church will also, can also become a big life. I'm convinced. I checked the list before coming. And I was told that almost everyone coming for this conference is determined to fight till his last breath to have a great ministry and be called a great shepherd. And you know why I chose the great shepherd as the theme? Because you must be a good shepherd to be great. Amen. <laughs> and you must be a chief shepherd to be a great shepherd. Yes. A great shepherd is a shepherd with a large number of sheep. And to have a large number of sheep, you must be a chief shepherd. You must have a lot of pastors. Yes. My pastor, Bishop Dagwood Mills, has over 6,000 pastors. 6,000. I will have some. I said, I'll have some. I said, You also have some. I said, You will have some. This, 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 this ministry, this conference marks the end of small, 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 and ketten, 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 and ketten, ketten, sopio, sopio, this type of small, small thing. Receive greatness! I receive it! Oh, shiny, oh, prophesy. Receive greatness. 
If you are not a good shepherd, you will not become a great shepherd. The ultimate is to be great. Because it takes being good to be great and being a chief shepherd to be great. How is it possible? I don't know how many of you live in Ghana or in Accra in this area. And those of you who are online, there's a place called Gong Baoleshi. It's a town in the eastern part of Accra. Gong Baoleshi. How is it possible that you have a church in Pum, Bawalishi, and nobody knows you that your church is there? If the people in Pum, Bawalishi, don't know you, when will Accra hear of you? You are a pastor in Medina. How many people in Medina know you? And when will Accra know you? And when will Ghana know you? Never forget that always few are chosen. But it was not God's intention to choose few. He always calls many people. It is possible for everybody here to be a national hero. Don't hand over your town to that church. Build something great there till the taxi rank is named after your church. I mean, if I was a choir leader in my church, I will ensure that if my church is a hundred members, nothing less than 70, when they call for choir leaders to go to the stage, the whole church will go and sing. Yes. Yeah. 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 If I was an usher, I would ensure that if I say ashes must wait behind after church, if I was the leader of the ashes, it means when we close, most of the guys are sitting there, girls and guys, because I have even the skill of creating jobs for ashes. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. Of, of the what? Of Pumba Leshi. No. No. You are the light of Medina. No. Sir, you are not even the light of Ghana. Wake up. You are not even the light of Ghana. You are not even the light of Africa. You are the light of the world. Believe God that in your lifetime, you are going to do something very big. 
Arabic. Arabic. Now, how many of you, because I'm now, in a few minutes, I'm going to welcome my co-host to minister. But how many of you can honestly say that as we are speaking now, you are not a great shepherd? You are not one of the great shepherds in Pombalishi, in Medina. Oh, can I see your hand? Okay, please put your hand down. How many of you want to know? The reason why you are not a great shepherd. Or you're not interested in knowing. How many of you want to know the reason? You are interested? Okay. Then sit down, let me tell you. Do you really want to know? Are you sure you want to know? You are not a great shepherd because your heart is not the heart of a great shepherd. Your heart is not a great heart. I know you dress well. <laughs> I know you speak well. I know you laugh, people. But listen, this is the conference. This, everything you will hear this week. So, 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 this is the conference teaching. The teaching has now started. Why your choir is six members? Why your church? cannot grow. Why your ministry is a small ministry? The reason is that your heart is not a good heart. Your shoes are good shoes. Your shirt is a good shirt. (laughs) Listen, my dear friend. The ministry is a reflection of the heart. (laughs) 
If there is any place to effect a change, the first place you must change is your heart. Your heart. Why does that pastor have 10,000 members? Did he buy them? No. God gave them to him. Why does that pastor have 2,000 members? Did he pay for the 2,000 members? No. God gave them to him. At the end of the day, your ministry is a ministry God gives to you. And before God will give you anything, he will assess your heart. God was very angry with prophet Samuel because he sent him. I'm saying that this is the conference we are having now. The first one was just to, to, to greet you. This is the conference. God was very angry with prophet Samuel because he sent him to go and choose someone to replace Saul who had disappointed him. When Samuel went and he saw the first person who was tall and handsome, he said, this is the one. God said no. Then the second person came and Samuel saw him. He saw the a boy. Do you know a boy? He said, that must be the pastor, the king. God said, no. The third one came with a beard. Nice kaftan. He took the bottle. Just before he was about to pour the oil. God said, hey, who told you to pour the oil? And God said something to Samuel. That I am privileged to inform you. The Lord said to Samuel, Look not at his countenance or on the height of his stature. This week will be an exciting week. Because I have refused him. For the Lord, who is really the most important person, who gives us what we have, the Lord, seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You see, This is a very, very heavy statement. 
It, it, it explains all the surprises we have in this world. Why, why you are surprised at the people God blesses? Why you are surprised at pastors that the newspapers are insulting, but he's, he's now flying in helicopters and aeroplanes? Why you are surprised that there's rather a good pastor somewhere, but he has nothing? Because, you see, sir, can you stand up? As a human being, you see, we must try to be like God. As a human being, when you see someone, this is what you see. That's a human being. That's me. And that's you. You see his muscles. You see the blue tag. See his nice hair. See his lovely shoes. You see his $200,000 Rolex watch. Show them. Yeah. Any man, when, when I see you, I see your nice iPad. I see your watch. I see your, I, I, I see it. Where, I, I'm always going to ask you, who made your clothes for you? That's how we see. But when God sees us, you'll be surprised that God hasn't noticed that you have a beard. You'd be surprised that God hasn't noticed that you are, you are even wearing shoes. He thought you were even wearing sandals. Because when God sees you, you see, are you aware that there are some men, when they see a woman, they only look at her buttocks. <laughs> oh, okay, then I think let's, let's end this session and then we'll come back in the afternoon. You don't want to listen to what I want to say, so it's okay. I said there are some men when they see a woman the first, first place they look at is the bottles, the bontos. There are some women when they see a man, they don't see his beard they don't see his haircut they are not interested in his lips they are not interested in his waist. They are not interested in his shirt. The first place they will look at is the man's shoes. Because it will give them the idea of the size of the shoes. I'm preaching. Very good. There are some of you when we go out and people are entering their cars, you only see pastor's cars. You don't see the pastor's shoes. You don't see his watch. You don't even notice the shirt he's wearing. But you are in what car does he drive? So everybody has what he looks at. Because we will look at what is important for us. Everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, when God sees a man, 
He doesn't see muscles or shirts. God doesn't know kaftan. God doesn't know t-shirts. The first place God looks at is the heart. He see, see, you see, before God, eh, you are like a heart in a glass box. You are a heart in a glass box. The same way you approach a glass box and the first thing you notice is not the glass walls. It's the red heart inside. What you have is a result of your heart. I'll say it again. Your church you have. It's a reflection not of your sports, of your nice hair, of your expensive shoes. Your church is a reflection of your heart. That's why many of you are very surprised at pastors who speak good English but don't have a church. And pastors who don't preach well but have a very, very large church. Because what do you have that you did not receive? Is, look, eventually, it is the... Oh, I'm, I feel like preaching that my time is up. Eventually, the, the members you have will not come as a result of your outreaches. Eventually, the members you have will not come as a result of good follow-up ministry skill. Thank God for crusades. Oh, I don't know how long you've been a pastor. But some of us, when we go and have crusades, when we come back, our church reduces. After we've gone for the crusade, Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, that we must bring the members, the church attendance rather goes down. Oh, yes. There's good follow-up. We must do outreach. But eventually... The people who will be in your church will come from the sayings of Jesus that no man can come to me except the Father who is in heaven draws them. It's God. The member, look, you can even win the soul. If God hasn't drawn the person, you will lose the person. And when God is sharing members, I said, when God is sharing members, he doesn't share according to the size of the auditorium. Kai, 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 kai. I said, God doesn't share members according to the size of the auditorium or the size of the pastor's car or the English grammar he uses. When God is sharing, he shares according to the size of the heart. Some of you have small hearts. So your ministry will ultimately become a small ministry. Because the size of your ministry 
is directly proportional to the size of your heart. Say. I'm not against building a big auditorium. Please, don't get me wrong. It's not envy. Because your church is bigger than my church. I'm envious and I'm speaking against building big churches. No. I like my little church. But I'm telling you that you can build a big auditorium and have an empty church. Because God doesn't give you members according to the size of your auditorium. He gives you members according to the size of your heart. Stand to your feet. And clap your hands. In my next session, we are going to go on a journey. (laughs) A journey that will help us to develop the right heart. Some of us don't have a good heart. You have good shoes. But you don't have a good heart. You know, we are preaching about church. This is a, mini, this, this is a conference about the church. But you can, you, can, you can stop thinking about the church and look at our lives. Look at your life carefully. Your heart has given you the life you have. Don't church. Leave your church out now. We'll come back to church. Look at your life carefully. Look at your home. Look at your job. Look at your business. Look at the people working with you. Look at the person you are working under. Look at your life. Look at your life carefully. It is a result of your heart. So I may be preaching about church and ministry. But really, You might as well change it from a great shepherd to a great husband. Yes. A great businessman or a great wife or a great father. Greatness is a direct reflection of your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Why? Because out of your heart, King James, keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. There are people the issues of their life is joy, 
excitement, order. The issues of their life are peace. Enough. Blessed. Some people, the issues of their life is pain, are pain. Perils in the home. Confusion. That is why even the economy of Ghana will determine the economy of your church. Have you ever heard it before? Where in the Bible did the men and women who worked with God, their wealth become determined by the economy? Show me the verse of scripture. But your heart is so carnal that you and the world are in sync, are in rhythm. But the last time I checked, when there was famine, whether in the days of Isaac, the days of Jacob, the days of Joseph, Joseph, there was no food. That was even when he became prime minister. I mean, when there was no food in the country, that is when he actually got promoted to become an MD. But you, when there's no food in Ghana, your ministry goes down. Because you are actually, your heart is a worldly heart. So you reflect the world so easily. Isaac stayed in the land. Everybody was traveling out. God told Isaac, stay. He stayed. Right there in the same chapter 26. He became so rich. So rich. The next door neighbor was eating his daughter. People were eating their babies. That was when Isaac was prospering. Your heart your heart your heart so when God tells you to love the Lord with all your heart he's trying to push you into a place where no external factors can determine the outcomes of your life I want you to lift up your two hands now we are back to church. The issues of your ministry are going to be enlargement, excitement, Amen. growth, Amen. new pastors, Amen. new leaders, Amen. new branches, Amen. new members. There will be parties, oh, yes. there are buses, people are happy. These are called issues of the life of your ministry. And they are a direct result of the contents of your heart. Lift your hands. 
the issues of life. Keep praying. Keep praying. The issues of life. The issues of life. Place your hand on your heart. Some of you are designing a big church, a big ministry. But have you ever thought of your heart? What is the state of your heart? Place your hand on your heart. Place your hand on your heart. Place your hand on your heart and pray, Lord. Touch my heart. Touch my heart, oh God. Touch my heart, oh Touch my heart. Touch my heart. Touch my heart. Touch my heart, my shoulder. Touch my heart. Lake Shatayamanama. Lake Shatonima. Lepres Katayaba. Lepres Katayaba. Mapakato Ramasote. Bahamanama. Impress Kato Shakaramasama. Impalia Mosamande. Pasha Katonima. Mala. Maya. Tola. Touch my heart. Lipa Shokatabe, Lipa Masalama, Impeka Sotalabe, a great shepherd, a great heart. Oh, yes, Lipa Skatabaha, Legadado Shadabona, a great shepherd, a great heart. Oh, Mashadabona, Legadabe, Mashayebo Sulabaha, Lipa Shatayabana, Maya, my Great in me, O God. Great in me, O God. Le kashala bo. And you heart, mashakote. Le vedado shakataba. Touch my heart, O God. Le pashokate. Oh yes. Father, we thank you. Yes, Lord. I feel somebody's life is changing already. Amen. Somebody online. Jesus. You can't even believe the things you have heard already. Yes. But that's just the, the, the beginning. Just stay connected. Just make up your mind that you are giving yourself wholly to the conference this week. Just make up your mind that this is where God has brought you. We may be preaching about ministry and pastoring and shepherding, but God will give you wisdom keys for your personal life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And we bless you. Oh, yes. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Please be seated.
We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30 p.m. on Saturdays, as well as 7.30 a.m. and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ago on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.